Good morning, Wisconsin. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Here's your host, Steve Scafidis. I don't know where the introduction went to, but Annie Schwartz joins me as she does every Wednesday in the Public Safety Hour here on WTMJ. Now, good morning, Annie Schwartz. It is a work in progress, the intro. Yes, he's reworking it. Charlie and I are talking about it, Mm -hmm. and and I've I've, I've been crowdsourcing. um, Is it true uh, or not true? Is it true or not true that you're going to try to insert this girl's on fire, whatever that song is, into the. Untrue. It is untrue. It is untrue, but I, I believe that's still my walk-on song, right? <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I, I didn't want something stereotypical like the old bad boys, bad boys, right? Cause, you know, blah. But, uh, yeah, Charlie and I are, we're plotting and planning and figuring out what, uh, what, what some, you know, some intro music would be for a public safety hour. If, if, listen, if, you know, if, if our listeners have got an yes. idea, I would love to hear. Their idea for what would be the appropriate intro music. Yeah, the for... bad, good call on the Bad Boys thing. That is a little bit. Of... I'm just done. Is Cops you know. still on the, the show? Cops? I oh, think sure. It, yeah? yeah, I've not seen it in years. I used to be fascinated by that, and that's you know, it's kind of a good segue. How how realistic was that show People, at the begin well, at the beginning? <laughs> they're they're riding along with with real officers. The problem is, is you know, when I was the communications director at the Milwaukee Police Department, they wanted to come. That show wanted to come and ride with us. But the thing you got to know about cops is they ride with you, nicest guys, the camera guys know what they're doing, but they're going to pick and choose the that, thing the that makes your process. city look like a trailer park. Yes, I mean, right. that is what they're going to do. What's sexy, what sells. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, and I get it because it's TV, but man, oh man, I, you know, that was just too big of a risk. Some of those, those TV shows, and there was a, uh, there has been an effect. Uh, when you have those shows riding with you, you have those shows riding with your police department. They, they know that officers, sometimes officers tend to perform. Uh, they tend to, uh, uh, just do a little extra, uh, you know, for the cameras. And the fact that the cameras are present should not affect the way that you conduct a search warrant. But there was a, and, and someone, I, I'm sure someone's gonna, gonna figure this out, or you have the many, many monitors over there, you might be able to find it. I think it was a search warrant in Michigan. And I believe it is where, uh, the police had, uh, I think they, they had the show Cops, or they had a television show, a national television show riding with them. And they ended up, uh, they ended up shooting and killing, I believe, uh, someone who was, uh, I don't want to say an innocent bystander. I vaguely remember that yeah. story. Yeah. So there is something that they do call the cops effect, which is your officers tend to perform when they know that they're being videotaped. And that's a great segue to kind of a, a, a you know a reality story in Milwaukee. Yesterday, Milwaukee officer shot during oh. a tactical situation, shot in the leg. Apparently, um, some pretty brutal injuries there. Thankfully, he will survive. Should be okay. Yes. Yes, he's uh, he's recovering. Uh, I, I believe they. Uh, I, I don't know all the specifics, and that's not that's not my news to release. I'll, I'll let the the police department decide what they want to share about their officer. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, you know, it it was. I hope we're not getting inured as an as an audience to hearing that a police officer has been shot. Because, although I'll tell you, I did, I, I pay attention to what, what media is doing on days like that. 
and I did watch the, the stations break into programming, as they should. If you have a police officer that was shot, that is not something that happens every day in this city. Although, sadly, we're, we're hearing about it more, and, right. and we're hearing about it more nationally. Do you think that the, let me, let me put it this way, the arrival of the cameras at a tactical situation which is actually ongoing in, you know, full bloom at the time they show up, is it, is that an example of great communication or not? Well, I'll, I'll The public the, has a right to know. We get mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll let the people with the pitchforks and torches line up outside the, the window, as I say. Uh, and when I say the people, I mean probably my friends in the media. <laughs> but, you know, you, you've got to know this, that the what we know from doing thousands of debriefs, thousands of downloads with suspects who have been arrested in these barricaded situations, most of them, most of them consume media while they're barricaded. So while I appreciate a station saying, hey, we're not going to show officer positions. We're going to put, you know, we're going to show you an aerial view, whether it's a drone or a helicopter. Uh, and we're going to, you know, we'll just show you all the officers assembling. You're giving that that hostage taker, and he had hostages. He had four kids in there. Right. Um, you're giving that hostage taker intel that you don't want him to have. You're you're telling him here is the level of of response coming. Whether or not you want him to know that, you have a negotiator, and those guys don't get enough credit. I'm not sure who the negotiator was yesterday, but I have a lot of good friends on the department who, who often do that they job. calm the situation, right? They do, and they know exactly what to say. Tell me what's going on. Let's figure out how we can resolve this. Um, all the things that, that they do to try and calm the situation, but yet, and we know this guy definitely was consuming media, he live-streamed this on it, Facebook. Which is nuts to me. And, I, you know, look, I don't think for a hot second that there's a guy who gets to sit in a booth at Facebook, you know, at Meta, where they're, you know, headquartered and watch out and make sure crazy people aren't live-streaming, you know, their, their attempted murders. But... This guy tried to kill a police officer, and he and he's showing it on video, and people are watching it like it's a TV show. Not a TV show, folks. Uh, Annie, Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, joining us as she does every Wednesday in the public safety hour. We've got to take a break, but I want to have you think about this question during the break. With the arrival of instantaneous abilities to communicate what's happening on any scene, right? We have all the social media platforms. We certainly have the traditional local TV and their digital platforms as well. Their journalists tweeting things out or posting things all over the place. Are we better informed? And probably the more important question for this hour, is it helping or hindering public safety? That's the question. Andy Schwartz, Steve, on this Wednesday edition of the Public Safety Hour right here on WTMJ. This girl is on fire. Not to be in your uh, in- the show intro, but it's still a good song. It is. I, you know what, I have, I have loved it, and I... I think it was a it was a producer a couple of producers ago. Yes. Who came up with that with that um song. Mm-hmm. I didn't come up with it. They they said, you know, this is what we think of. I think when... it was Jordan. It was Jordan. Yes. yes. There I, you I go. I have to touch base with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. All right, so I I asked you the question before the break. Are we better served one and two is it helping or hindering public safety? My answer I'll give you my answer right out the top. It's not helping. It's hindering law enforcement, public safety. What is the it that we're talking about? Though? The coverage that we are seeing. I, I, I'm not saying that local TV, local radio shouldn't cover these stories. That's not what I'm saying. 
the manner in which they approached this, getting on the air, turning their cameras on right away, and I don't know what the hope is. You're going you're gonna to see something. You're not really giving us anything other than a picture or a reporter's description of something you have no idea what's happening. That's my take. Why do you think it is that you have a hard time driving past a um, a crash scene? Yeah, on natural the, curiosity. Know, it's the I get same it. thing. I mean, but but it is, Steve. And I, I think we can't gainsay that. I think that that is that's exactly why people uh, people want to know. Also, crime is the hot button issue. People are concerned about it. People want to know what's happening in their city. And and I think when people see it live. They say, okay, I can make my own decision because I can see what's happening. Now, I don't, you know, I think that that, that idea of, of live video from ongoing crime scenes, that is fraught with some issues. Uh, for example, when I was at MPD, when we had a, a tactical situation, we would, um, we would restrict the airspace over the scene from helicopters. Uh, we didn't have drones at that time yet that were widely used. Uh, but we would restrict the airspace. Now, what I tend to see is I see, uh, you know, news media showing, oh, okay, we won't show specific officer position, but here's a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of people gathered in this area with the Bearcat and with other, you're show, you're giving intel, valuable intel to the hostage taker. And we were talking about that before. I saw that at the Azana spa shooting. That's exactly what happened when the the um, when uh, Radcliffe Houghton came in and and shot up the Azana uh, Spa in Brookfield, mm-hmm. and he was we know we know even though he he was he died in the in the uh, in the assault on the on the the spa, uh, I took his own life I believe. Um, you you still had him. They know that he was watching the coverage. He's looking to see. Where that's, are the that's where my are fear, Annie. positions? That's yeah. my fear. I, I under, again, I understand that the journalistic motivation Same. to do this. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be hailed as a great hypocrite because I was the crime reporter at a number of different media outlets. And you know, it's it's part of the the world we live in. Everyone wants the instantaneous um, ability to to see this or to feel what's going on or to know what's going on. I get that. Natural curiosity is what drives everything in the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. I just worry. That when we allow that kind of access, and again, this is a world where everybody wants access to everything all the time, 24-7, 365. Completely understand. We are not serving the interest of public safety. We're serving the interest of journalists above that. That's my point, and I think that's dangerous. It's kind of like what happened with, with cameras, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was going to be the, the, the be-all and end-all. We're going we're gonna to see what's happening. But we, but we know this, just like the law. You can't interpret the law. The law is the law. Well, why do we have courts and justices and judges? Because everything is open to interpretation. When you have cameras, it's the same thing. It's how you interpret what you're seeing or hearing, right? That's exactly what's happening. Well, and when we're talking about, you know, about the news, again, I, you know, I understand that the, the, the media, they feel they have a, a duty to their audiences to tell their audiences, hey, not only is this happening, but we're there and we're going to show you what's happening. Um, I, I, I think it's a bigger discussion, and I would love for us to ask other members of the of the media from the broadcast media to have a chat. I I, I just would love to to talk about it because there's also another side to this to this issue, which is the fact that people were watching that like it was an episode of Cops. People, That's... this is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is what your Milwaukee Police Department is doing every day, 
And these are the ones you're seeing on television. You're probably seeing that one on television because they had heard that a police officer had been shot. But those kinds of setups on search warrants, uh, on, you know, on, on suspect searches, those things happen and you never hear about them. I'm, there's a part of me, Steve, that's okay with the public understanding what kind of a job their police department is out there doing every day for them. There is a part of me that says, yeah, take a look at that. You see those guys getting shot at? That's not a video game. That's Lincoln Park and that's Milwaukee. And those are your officers who go out every day who you say, ah, eh, defund the police. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Let me let me make a because people are saying I'm being too hard on the media. Perhaps. But, you know, I'm paid to have an opinion. So I, I use the same argument when I'm talking about I've, I've seen it in, in the, the war and we're taking overseas, the war in Gaza. You are showing where troops are located. You are showing where military personnel, what they're doing, talking about that. It's a it's a long ways from protecting those interests of those men and women who serve that we saw years ago, all for the pursuit of journalism. As if journalism, that standard is somehow supersedes everything, including public safety. But let's go back to the Vietnam War and what happened once we started seeing television. We saw the, the from, me lies and yeah. the atrocities. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But that's a fine line, right? I mean, you're a law enforcement communications expert. You have to walk that line every day. Absolutely. I've also been a reporter. And I, and I don't forget, I use that experience as a reporter to inform what I'm, what I'm doing when I help law enforcement negotiate these kinds of, uh, you know, of, of, of situations when they need to tell the public, here's what's going on or here's what's, what, here's what went on. Um, but I, you know, by and large, I feel that our local media are, are pretty responsible when it comes to, to thinking about these things. Uh, when it comes to Haiti, we don't, because I hear them say on the broadcast, we're not showing a close up. And I want to say it's not the close-up that's the problem. It is, but it's also the fact that you are giving a bird's-eye view to the hostage-taker of what the scene looks like outside. Let me be specific. You are showing on the street where police vehicles and law enforcement officers are located. That's it. In an active situation. That's it. That's the dangerous part of, of a journalist just doing their job. But they would hang me out to dry when I worked at MPD. If we would make the scene, if we would make the media staging area so far away from the scene that they could, all they got was a, a, a photo of a, you know, an officer or a, a shot of a, an officer on a motorcycle, you know, swinging traffic at a corner three blocks away. You know, it, I, I think that if, especially when we, you know, Stephen, we have all the arguments about police funding and, and trying to get people to understand what the police are doing. I, I think there, there, there really is a big part of me that says, you bet. Show people what what we're up against. How many times have law enforcement agencies, a lot of suburban agencies, they will go to their town council, their village board, their county board and say, we need, you know, a million dollars for a bear cat. That's the rescue vehicle. That's the armored vehicle that you often see at these at these scenes. It says rescue right next to the gun turret, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. Um but it is, uh, and, and, the, and, the, and then you get the argument from the people on the board who say, hey, you're militarizing the police department. We don't want that. We don't want a military. Well, let me tell you that if not for a bearcat, we might have an officer who didn't make it yesterday.
And we both remember how controversial those uh, these those acquisitions were and still are in many, many communities. How dare you have a military assault vehicle in your arsenal of tools to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. the criminal element? It's the reason we call it a rescue vehicle. Call it a rescue vehicle because that is at its at its core what that vehicle is for. It is to rescue downed personnel and it's to to transport uh, those those SWAT officers to a scene where the and the and medics, by the way, technical medics, uh, to a scene where they're trying to, you know, trying to preserve the safety and preserve life. Real quick, um, we're going to take a break, but I want to just give you the question before the before the break here. Is it different? I know it's different because of the seriousness of an officer being shot, but does that that brings in extra media? Certainly, think about that during the break. Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert, on the public safety hour right here on WTMJ. Thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday Hump Day edition. Andy Schwartz, as always, in her law enforcement communications expert chair in the Avenue Studios here, studios here in downtown Milwaukee. I'm spending time on this because I think it's important. And I, I, again, so often in the world we live in, we want immediacy. We want access to everything. We want to see it immediately in the, in the generation of TikTok and uh, 24-7, 365 access. We've got to see it right away. That wasn't the case 20 years ago or 25 years ago, we didn't have that access. We didn't have social media. Heck, a lot of us didn't have smartphones or cell phones yet. They weren't even barely invented. But now we have access. And for all the people who are saying George Floyd is, is why this is important, that wasn't journalists. That was people with their smartphones taking videos. And I'm not arguing anything about George Floyd here. That's not the point. My point is, are we making public safety professionals' jobs harder with this stuff? And I would argue we are. We're also making it easier for the audience, consumers of media, to have so much misinformation peddled that it, it gives you a false sense of what public safety is about. I hope I'm making sense because that's my point. I understand where you're coming from, Steve. Absolutely. I also know that we we have a – I mean, the, the, the public need to know. I mean, the right to know, I'm still – I'll peddle that one, you know, forever because that's my old – you know, Missouri uh, Journalism School training was the public's right to know. But is it the right to know right now? And and that is, you know, that I think is the, that's the discussion. You know, I was watching, there were witnesses yesterday, people that lived in houses on the street. Now, I'm under the bed, you know, with a rosary, if that was me living across the street from right. where this is yeah. happening. But you've got, every, people are up there and they're, they're, they're live streaming this. They're showing it on video and they're showing everything and the comments were... <laughs> I mean, you know, we can we can kind of have a chuckle because we know the officer is going to be okay. Thankfully. Long road ahead of him. He yes. is not out of. I mean, you know, this is this is not a serious you know, a graze no. a graze wound. This is a serious injury, and this is a guy who was trying to kill the police. I mean, I you know, I just want to you know, let's not forget who that you know what we're dealing with. This is a guy who was going to kill the police, and for all those. You know, critics for children are now okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so let's not forget that part of the story either, because of the work of the men and women who work in public safety. Absolutely, and they know, you know, and and so they're the the what what's hard to explain to to the public is first of all what what I try to help when I'm bridging that 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 divide sometimes between law enforcement and and journalism. Um, I, I try to say, you know what, we have a story to tell. So let's tell our story. What part of the story are we telling? Well, 
you get all ready to tell your story, but then you find out about all the misinformation that's out there. Now, one of the videos that I was watching on social media yesterday, this woman is, I mean, first of all, it was just, it was, I mean, her, her, the language was like out of control, but also she's, you know, like narrating what's happening. She has no idea. But everybody's watching it. So then the question becomes, okay, you see that this thing got thousands and thousands of views. So now is it incumbent upon the police department? Now do you have to say, well, look, there's misinformation out there. She, you know, she is is giving her commentary. I mean, you know, look, this was not Leslie Stahl. All right. This is the, the lady who lives across the street from, you know, from where this is happening. The rise of citizen journalists. That is it. And and without citizen journalists, you know, we don't have the George Floyd. Video. Sure. I get the value. But I also know that even with video, you know, when we first got police body camps, the whole the, the message was this is a panacea. It's not a panacea. Police video shows you what happened, but it's not explaining to you what happened. You know, that that is really what spurred the rise of these community briefing videos. The Milwaukee Police Department does it. A number of other departments will do them. You saw the Kenosha Police Department did one with their uh, with the video at, at Applebee's when they had the incident down there. You saw Greenfield Police do it when they had an officer shot. It's that idea that you think you know what happened. But let's show you. It's very much that John Madden telestrator kind of thing where you are you're educating people. You're saying, I know this is what you think you see, but here's what's actually happening. But we don't get we don't have the luxury of time to do that when will, things are happening. I will use my example. So when we finally released the audio and video of the Sikh Temple shooting, <laughs> I think it was at least a month later, after we, we knew what we were seeing, we knew what we were hearing. And we deliberately went through it with the media. I, I remember the it was at the the police uh, big big room at the the, the court courtroom at the police station. I remember. Yeah, going over every detail with the voice, by the way, of Sam Lenda, who was obviously the person who took down the shooter, at least before the shooter took his own life with his own gun. Sam knocked him down, but having that person who was involved directly in that situation go through this a month later, whatever the timing was, might have been longer than that. I think helps illustrate the significance of all the details that don't happen when you immediately release video, which everyone demands now, which often doesn't tell the whole story. That's the problem with all of this stuff. Are cameras a good idea? Sure. They, they've improved security in and around buildings, with proper lighting, of course, where you can see what's happening. You can be alerted to things you wouldn't have seen before. The days of dark alleys hopefully are in our past. All those things are great developments. But again, context matters and if we are just going to have cameras without any background or real information verified information we're just doing that it's the tiktok version of of media which i'm not a fan of which is a topic i'll have a lot more to say about in the 10 o'clock hour that development is dangerous not just for the public for but, but for public safety my opinion and and again steve i completely get where you're coming from and and i I share many pieces of that opinion. I I just know that in a day when we need to tell people about the importance of law enforcement and, and, you know, is there anybody who watched that video yesterday that said, ah, the cops did it wrong? I hope not. But you never know. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking when they're out there watching the, you know, watching the, the news. There was a part of me that said, yeah, you know what? You've got 
all those guys lined up against that that stone wall. You've got the guy in the front with a shield. You've got a negotiator who's yell, who's trying to to talk to this guy. I mean, does 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 anybody need a, a better visual at the dangers and uh, uh, of the job of policing? I, I just don't think that anybody needs a, a bigger, you know, needs a, a a greater reminder. And so. I fight those those two things fight each other in my head sometimes show people what's going on. But in this particular case, I, I, I was a little I was nervous that, you know, the bad guy is looking at the live yeah. stream. Now, the, the bad guy could be looking at the neighbor's live stream and not what, you know, was showing live on TV. Andy Schwartz, our guest, as always, the public safety hour here on WTMJ. We'll take a quick break on WTMJ. Annie Schwartz joining us as she does every Wednesday public safety hour here on WTMJ now. And uh, what's the next story? As we you know, these things they sort out, right? We we learn more about the individuals involved. We we uh, have nothing but positive thoughts sent to the officer and his family. He he will recover, but this is a long recovery and serious injury. Thankfully, survived that that attack by this individual. Um, what's attempted the, murder is the word you're looking for. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, What's what's the next story here? Where do we go from here? I think the next story is when we take a look at the background of the suspect. I think the next story is where we say, you know, there 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 I have, you know, there is unconfirmed information about the fact that he is one he was one on a warrant. Uh, this was a rigid, this starts out as a domestic violence call. The police are One called. One of the most, the most dangerous the call. The most dangerous call. Phone. Ask Ernell Lucas, our former sheriff, if it's not the most dangerous phone call. Ernell was shot in the, in the head, mm-hmm. uh, at a domestic violence call. Uh, and what often happens is the, you know, the, the, the victim in the domestic violence will call the police. The police show up and all of a sudden, well, don't take my, don't take him away or don't take her away. And then those people, Turn on the police. Right. It is a it is a horrible uh, uh, situation to respond to. And police so, have a better handle on the public part of policing. When you get in someone's home, you have no idea what's in there. No cameras in there, nope. by the way, unless you've got that. You're talking about the right. you know the body worn. Uh, but uh, you know, let's see what where does that story go next? This is like the Daryl Brooks thing. After we get over the. I always say that, that there are three stages of a, of a crisis, right? There are three public stages of a crisis. The first is the incident. Oh my gosh, what happened? That's day one. Day two is who are the victims? Oh my gosh, you know, what, you know, how's the officer? How's the, you know, what, what about the children? Day three, stage, day three is always the blame game. And the blame game is whose fault was this? Uh, why isn't the guy, you know, in jail? And I don't know the answer to that question. I'm, I'm putting it out there because I don't want to come on here and give you information that I don't, yeah. that I don't have confirmed. But, uh, you know, he was, uh, he's got some charges out of, uh, you know, out of, uh, Waukesha County. So what, you know, what is, the question is, what is he doing on the street? But while I'm mindful of the fact that we can't just put everybody on a barge, and, you know, and have it sitting out in the, you know, in the right. lake someplace. To so protect, to protect the, the innocent. Yes, exactly. So um, it says uh, his bail, you know, is he, he he had bail set in that case. And then what happened? What happened? And, you know, do we have the capability to chase down everybody who bails out and doesn't show up for court? And so these are all this is all part of the bigger story. Uh, you know, we're talking about the media. But here's the other piece, Steve. I, I count on the media to look into those things and to tell me the rest of that story. And, and I think they do. 
And so that is why I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the, the looking into, you know, what is this guy's story? What, you know, what happened? How many times have the police been, you know, at that house? We got to go to another break here, but I don't want to be perceived as a basher of media. You won't find a bigger defender of media than me on talk radio in Milwaukee. Trust me on that one. <laughs> Trust me on that one. If you don't believe me, just listen to some other stations. But I want the media to be as, as professional and as responsive as they can be while still not contributing to what I think is a, is a, a possible point of conflict where we are giving information misinformation disinformation that helps criminals helps the the other side of the of the uh, public safety question get away with things and, and that's that's my point we'll take another break here Annie Schwartz our guest as always public safety hour on WTMJ final few minutes with Annie Schwartz law enforcement com- communications experts i got to tell you something you've been talking about true crime forever <laughs> so as luck would have it i had some time off during the holidays I discovered true crime on Netflix and a couple other streaming services. I'm hooked. Hey, welcome to the party, Steve. This I is- <laughs> watched The Ripper on Netflix about the Yorkshire Ripper, yeah. which happened in the late mm-hmm. 70s and mm-hmm. early 80s. Oh, my, I couldn't stop watching it. And I saw the Mormon murders. And there's a, uh, there's one about a, uh, a hotel in, in L.A., the, the Seville. No, the Cecil. The Cecil mm-hmm. Hotel, which has had like 65 different deaths in the hotel. And an interesting case about a woman was uh, eventually found there. I'm just, I'm hooked on this. I can see why people watch this stuff. They love it because it's true. Uh, they love to try to figure out the why. Yes. And they like to try to figure it out, you know, is this something that could happen to me? Is this something that could happen in my neighborhood? What do I need to look for? Um, I'm surprised, though, that I, of all people, started to really appreciate it. And first of all, these things are well done, well produced, Edited incredibly, using interviews with law enforcement, mm-hmm. public safety, uh, the the individuals in and around the situation. I'm fascinated by this. As stuff. you know, I mean, I've been I've been involved in an, in a number of those. After, I know that you know with the Dahmer case and so and with the the subsequent book. So that is you know I I've always participated in you know not all productions like that are are created equal. I've always participated in the productions where they were going to interview real people involved. There weren't going to be these awful reenactments. I mean, those are yeah. always just cheesy. Yeah. yeah, don't love that. Um, but uh, but I, I understand it. It's uh, it's exactly what we were talking about in the first part of the show today, which is curiosity, curiosity, yeah. and what's happening, and the need to know because we've trained people that you get to know right now. I've. You know, I was thinking about this as I was going to ask you about it. Do you think that watching these shows, reading the books, you know, following these stories, and any, however that happens, whether it's social media or on streaming service, do they make us smarter about crime or public? Do they are they actually filling in any knowledge gaps? I guess that's the question. Well, they certainly, you know, create that that interest, and they they generate revenue, and that's what those are. That's what those things are about. Um, I don't know that it makes anybody smarter. Well, I could probably use the, you know, all the shows with the judges on. Yeah. There's no less crime. Oh, dear <laughs> so, Lord. Yeah. So there's like a hundred of those shows and there's still a lot of people committing crime. So maybe that doesn't, maybe that analogy doesn't work. I remember when I was, uh, I was a reporter and, uh, I was going to do a story about, uh, I can't remember. I was doing a story about some, you know, some very clever criminal. They ended up getting caught. 
But I, I remember talking to one of the lieutenants at, at MPD and I said, well, you know, hey, are we teaching people how to commit crimes? And he said to me, and this is long before social media, he said, Annie, you know, it, I, I have yet to really see a case where the bad guy used something he saw on TV to teach him how to commit a crime. Jeffrey Dahmer did not watch, you know, movies to learn how to right. kill. He, he liked, he, he, he liked killing. And so he was drawn to movies like Faces of Death and things like that, Psycho, those kinds of things, The Exorcist. So, you know, I, I, what I'm more nervous about, Steve, the thing that makes me more, more nervous, and I've, I've, I'm just starting to, to get into a lot of the research that's been done, and a lot of it has been done in, in other countries where I've done training. Um, specifically, a, a friend of mine who's in, uh, who's in Beirut, who has done a lot of studying about, uh, the effect of video games, violence, and children. And that's certainly a topic we can do another time on this show. I think it would be, it'd be informative, but, you know, I, I, I guess we don't leave anybody with any answers, right? Except that I don't want to live in a world where the media is not out there trying to tell me what's going on. But I just would like for people to say, all right, well, that is one viewpoint. I, I need to know what else. I want to know what else. That's a good way to end it because I, I, I don't want to give people the impression that, uh, that I'm bashing media because, that again, I look around. I'm, I'm a supporter of the media as you'll see a lot, even more clearly in uh, 2024. I want to thank you for, uh, it was a great hour. I love the conversation today. I like this too. I, we didn't have a, we didn't even have a, a, a Some, special. Sometimes you don't need a guest. You're the guest. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, my, you know, when I get home, Mark will be like, well, you talk the hind legs off a donkey for 45 minutes there, kid. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> Annie Schwartz, law enforcement communications expert. Uh, have a great rest of the week and we will talk to you next Wednesday. Coming back next week.